On today's episode, an emergency yeah, pod another of the Glue Back-to-back guys. emergencies, Mike. A very special episode of the Glue Guys. Kyrie Irving has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks, something we've been tracking for a little bit for yeah, now. It, well, only a little bit. That happened lickety-split. Mike, let's get into it. No more. Let's t- talk yeah, about get it. in there. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, mm. NetsDaily.com, you know. The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. And um, for all you Kyrie water carriers. They're not even here anymore, Mike. They're already. Check us out on NewYorkTimesCompany.com. <laughs> nah, they're, on, they're on the Mavs subreddit already. You know, mixing it up, like spreading, spreading. They're just talking Mavs, talking Mavs all day, buddy. Um, God damn, man, it's yeah, happened. It happened. How do you feel, Mike? Is it is it the Wicked Witch no, of Newark? That's how you feel? I'm so happy. I mean, so okay, <clears throat> this is all tinged, and we have to kind of lay the the ground rules here for you and I because okay. I I'm am not going to follow so- your rules, Mike. I'm not following <laughs> rules tonight. Uh, I am so extremely happy. I am so happy. That this destructive force of a basketball player is off the team. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings. People feeling like Sean Marks has fumbled the bag. That just give the guys extension. Then the the Nets can go on and win 12 championships in a row. I, there is that thought out there from a minor bubble of Nets fans that are very vocally loud on Twitter. Um, it, there's there's a tinge of um, uncertainty because we don't know how Kevin Durant feels about the. Kyrie Irving trade to Dallas yeah. and we're recording this at 9 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and so that that is going to hang a cloud over the whole proceedings here but in my heart in my soul I am so relieved happy elated yeah I compared you know I compared um Kyrie Irving to Donald Trump and Mike Connolly to Joe Biden on the the last podcast that okay. we had on some level. Um, and it, it feels like, you know how they couldn't call the election for like five days because mm-hmm. they had to count those ballots in Fulton County and Maricopa County yeah. and Clark County. Yeah, we'll call it count them. We will. <laughs> for, for the sake of the- <laughs> You know, throw them into the pile. Yeah, exactly. That's what they were doing. Yes. Turning the machines on from Guatemala. Bingo. And now, jacking in the code. Now you're talking my language. Um, we... We've been living in, I've, you know, you and I have been living in the saga. Nets fans have been living in the saga. What, how you feel about Kyrie going from all the way back from the moment he signed with this team, probably even extending further back. The, the remember the, the classic D Lo Kyrie debates yeah. that we were having. And now we are here. You know, and what I, it's yeah. a mix, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag because I don't know what Kevin Durant feels, but for if I can remove the Kevin Durant factor out of here for just a second. Mm hmm. Then I am extremely happy with what happened. I think Kyrie, with Kyrie Irving, the Nets could not win it, win an NBA championship. He is he has proven time and time again to be that unreliable. And I am chef's kiss excited mm. for that 2029 
Maverick's first round pick. The, the, way, <laughs> the way that it happened, I, I find is, is part of the narrative arc. I think it's an important part, too, because there are some rumblings online uh, as to whether, you know, this was like a bluff or anything like that, and that he was trying to do some kind of advanced negotiations for this contract, so on and so forth. And Nets immediately called the bluff. They were like, this is not a Kevin Durant situation. We're not going to play nice and like do this whole thing for another three months. Instant trade. Call your bluff. Boom, you're gone. And I really appreciate the speed and decisiveness with which this all came to pass. Because if this is a whole other thing, we drag this on and we can't, it's like, ah, the prices are right. It was just, no, there was only, there was no rumors, but for the Russell Westbrook stuff that everyone kind of knew about and then announced a trade a day later. I think it was handled very well on that side of it because, sorry, you look like you want to say something. No, no, I'm, I'm yeah. listening to you. I'm actively listening. Yeah, and because not this, the whole course, <laughs> the whole course of the Kyrie Irving experience is this: if you give a mouse a cookie, kind of, you're just chipping away at at um, at the boundaries, right? Boundaries between front office players. You know, he wants to co-manage the team. He wants to co-coach the team. He wants to. It's this like slow kind of erosion of the traditional roles of you're a player on this team, dude, you're just, you're, you're a really good player on this team, but that is, that is the role you inhabit right now. And you know, there are versions of it where you can be the leader, but that hasn't from day one, that was never really the case. Um, and so in this case it was, it was, I think handled really well, but yeah, I mean, just to go back to your question of like the whole narrative arc, I mean, I think that was a good ending to it. Uh, I am thankful that we can just, that we can finally move. Like there is, it's a, the last vestiges of those types of conversations that are still in our like Twitter, like, cause it's just like the day it happened. So these people are, have not yet put like Mavs paraphernalia into their, into their Twitter bios and stuff yet. Um, but, like the last vestiges of the Kyrie fans who are still replying. It's just like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like that. It's, it's just funny now. <laughs> it's just, it's just fun. It's nice. And it's Spencer it's, Dinwiddie. It's He's not, back. it's not my problem anymore. And it feels, it feels so free. It feels so free. Um, it's Spencer Dinwiddie friend of the show. We had Spencer Dinwiddie on our podcast. Brian, we came up grabbed him off of Facebook. That's right. Like when he was like on his first contract with the Nets, when he was still oscillating between being a 10 day contract guy, Brian grabbed him off Facebook because he knew as Brian's background is right now for the YouTube audience, he was into Dragon Ball Z and he, we have a long-term relationship with Spencer. Um, He follows us on Twitter, which is the most important thing in the world to me. (laughs) Yeah. Bri. Yeah. This is, it, it is like, I don't know if you ever watched the good place NBC sitcom by Mike Schur. But the the point of The Good Place, season one, I'm not really ruining anything, is that The Good Place is, in fact, the bad place. And when Kyrie Irving joined this team June 30th, 2019, Nets fans thought they were in The Good Place. They thought they were in heaven. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, right? We That was the, the clean sweep that was here. Uh, Garrett Temple also was part of the, not the part of the package, but part of the signings as well. People forget about GT. Um, and we thought that we were in heaven. We thought championships were on the way. The new super team was being built yeah. in Brooklyn. And Kyrie, at every step of the way, has let this fan base down, let his own team down, and it ended poetically. Yeah. The fact that he he has such poor representation, such poor management, such poor advice, that whoever is in his corner, and we kind of know it's just basically his family at this point. I'm sure there's some like business advisor on some level too. Told him, 
hey, the Nets are fourth or third or fourth in the East. You know, they're you guys are doing pretty well without Kevin Durant. When Kevin Durant comes back, you guys are going to go for a championship run. So what we're going to do is we're going to press for a new contract right now because we have this beautiful leverage over the Nets. Oh, they're going to cave like they didn't cave before before the start of the season. Like, oh, we're going to show them. Yeah. And guess what happened, Kyrie? Overplayed your hand. Badly. You overplayed your hand. And you know what Dallas is already saying? They're already saying, we don't know if we're going to give Kyrie a full contract and we're going. To, he may be a rental. And do you know what world that's going to leave Kyrie in? So, okay, he's going to a pretty good situation overall. So it's not like he's he's being sent to, I don't know, like the Utah Jazz in the at the moment, right? He's yep. being sent to play next to Luka Doncic. And Mavericks fans, trust me, Brian and I have had this conversation for years with Kyrie. Yeah. Oh, it's going to look so great to play off of James Harden or Kevin Durant. There's going to be no playing off of each other between Luka and Kyrie, particularly right now. What it's going to look like is like one guy scores and then the other guy scores. There's going to be no relationship to between the two guys on the court, right? That's just not going to happen. Um, Kyrie just massively overplayed his hand. Now, Totally screwed the Nets, so it's not like this yeah, is a ma- magical yeah, it's, win. It's weird because it's like, yeah, we had we had been like you know firing on all cylinders up until very recently, and potentially like a number one seed in the East. So this <laughs> it is kind of a weird thing to be celebrating this at this time. It is just like it it just feels like um it's like an unforced error for Kyrie, but it's one of like so many. Or I don't even know. I maybe maybe we should take them at face value and be like, maybe he really did want to get a trade now, or like he just still had these this like lingering resentment resentment from over the summer. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a that's a thing to loft your way too. I like setting the precedent though of like, hey, if you request a trade, unless you're Kevin Durant, uh, we're gonna honor that. <laughs> yeah, because when Kevin KD yeah. probably could. Sh- you, we were joking before the show about LeBron tweeting out. What did he say? Uh, why why to me uh, or, or something like, yeah i guess it's me or well, yeah something like that yeah, yeah i guess it's me it was a real like sh- like sh- looking at his sneakers and like shuffling like like kicking a kicking a pebble <laughs> <laughs> it's the arthur yeah. hand meme where he's like clenching his fist well that's different um, that's a totally different meme but isn't that mean like he's frustrated like he's oh like, yeah. Under, yeah that's angry yeah. it's frustration kevin durant must be like what do i have to do mm. james harden quits basketball with the nets and he gets traded Kyrie does this thing, gets traded in 48 hours. I requested a trade of the summer, and they didn't do shit for me. Mm. <laughs> now, again, I, I think we need to have the Kevin Durant just like straight ahead conversation. Of course, that's the most important thing. So, like, how does Kevin Durant feel? Does, does, does he come in and say, at least for this season, I want to roll forward? Because, you know, of course, the Nets, if they want to contend for anything, Kevin Durant has to be part of the picture. No matter what, even if he plays this season and then this summer he decides, okay, I want to be traded, that shifts the team to a totally different realm, right? Then they're going to trade him for hopefully five first-round picks, and then this team goes into quick rebuilding mode and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's important because we can't answer that question to focus on what actually happened, right? The Nets get back Spencer Dinwiddie, which if you haven't been watching the Mavericks of recent – he has gotten since his ACL tear better and better over the time. That was like two years ago now was his ACL tear or whatever the knee injury was that led him then to Washington. And then of course led him to Dallas. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, who was, is a guy, 
is a guy who Dude, he, a lot of people love in the NBA. Can I say that I, I've been lurking on the Mavs subreddit um, all day, pretty much since since this happened. That's my favorite thing to do. You go to the the other team's you know subreddit. Yeah. Uh, it's, they, a, it's a Schadenfreude podcasting. They love them some DFS, Mike. Um, they're big. They're huge Dorian Finney Smith. You know fans. who also is a big Dorian Finney Smith fan? No, you Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Durant has talked about liking Dor. If you don't know who Finney Smith is, he's a six-seven, two hundred twenty-pound wing defender. Sure, he doesn't score a bunch, but he's the kind of guy who, you know, he's the kind of guy who we maybe thought Royce O'Neal would be, right? Like he's a better defender than Royce O'Neal. He's a bigger defender than Royce. He has played with Luca all this time. He knows how to play next to a star. He's beloved in Dallas. You talk about the fans. He's beloved within the team. But he was one of the few assets that Dallas had to be able to make any kind of move. And mm-hmm. that's why he was kind of out of the market. He also has a contract where I think it's the first year of a four-year deal at around 12 to like $14 million. It's, yeah, it's between. So it's thirteen five right now, I think. And and so another there's so many elements to this. And I, we got to talk about it all right here. But the sneaky thing that the Nets did was they turned a guy who was on an expiring deal who indicated that he did not want to be here past this season, Kyrie Irving, and turned him into Dinwiddie, who has one more year left after this, and Finney Smith, who has three or more years, I think, after this, mm-hmm. right? So what they did was they they got guys who cost less, who had longer-term deals, who then can be aggregated into trades this offseason yeah. with other pieces. If you put together Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, and Joe Harris, you have yourself a max player. So like the Nets have created, there's so many layers, they created flexibility, they maintain competitiveness, I, I, Brian, think about Somewhat. the defense here. I mean, how competitive are we really? I don't know. I mean, I'll. I, I don't get me wrong. Love Spencer. Take a sip of Pinot Grigio, Mike. Why don't you wait? Wait your whistle. Um, I love. <laughs> I love Spencer. Um, I think it's you know. Uh, d- does it mean that we're still in the like top four in the East, Mike? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you, okay. Let's evaluate what we think. Maybe were the trades okay. This trade, which is, you know, the first round pick is really a good asset. Just for people's accounting numbers, it's the 2029 first round pick, unprotected. An unprotected pick is just no matter what never, scenario. You never know what's going to happen. Could be anything. You never know what's going to happen. Luka Doncic's contract runs out in 2027. Do you know who's on Luka's team? Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving. Yeah. Um, Has Kyrie shown to be a guy who creates a, a, a system that, like, is sustainable kind, that kind of fails over time. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be the case. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like, I don't, it's a, uh, it's a Trojan horse by yeah. the Brooklyn. You, Nets. you think that there's like a, uh, a tacit bet on the fact that like, I bet you Kyrie is going to blow this thing up by 2029 and we'll reap yeah. all the benefits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Luca will be, you know, in Brooklyn or playing overseas for some odd, crazy reason. Cause maybe <laughs> at that point, you know, and that, and is, the, that is crazy. Yeah. And Dallas will have absolutely nothing going on. Okay, so look at the so the potential trades that like seem like Russell Westbrook in a pick. Let's not let's just remove the picks because they're kind of hard to sort of rationalize. Would you rather have Russell Westbrook or Spencer Dinwiddie? I mean, I know we talked about this with Chris Paul, um, and I think we chose Chris Paul over this. Um, yeah. I I would not choose Russell Westbrook over Spencer Dinwiddie in a vacuum. I don't think I would do that. I mean, and that's with nostalgia, you know, aside trying to take that uh, out of the picture, which of, it's of which it's to. really difficult. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so good to have him back. Gosh, that's a fun guy. That's a fun story having him back. Well, it, it, I mean, the, after the Wizards game, when <laughs> Cam Thomas, oh, yeah, the guy we, that we've we made we, fun <laughs> of plenty on the show, <laughs> yeah. scored what forty four points. Forty four. Edmund Sumner scored. 
high 20s, yeah. low 30s, something like that. Um, and they beat the Wizards. You know, I had to fire off Are the Nets Better Without Kyrie on Twitter. Just had to fire it off. Yeah. I, who, who, you know, that's that's the brand. Um, I think Dinwiddie right now is a better player than Westbrook. He's a better defender. He, he could fit into more lineups. I mean, the thing is... I have no clue what they're going to do with Ben Simmons, but like Dinwiddie at least is a sh- is a semi decent shooter, and you could construct lineups where whether it's Clax or Ben Simmons out there, and then it's like a group of KD wing defending three and D types and Dinwiddie who's six five, and there's some def- defensive statistics on Dinwiddie that shows that he's a bad defender, B A D bad. Part of that is that because he guards typically the best guard on the other team mm-hmm. where because Luca's not doing that no right so Spencer's getting roasted by the strongest position in the NBA where in this scenario here's the defensive lineup the Nets can trot out and it's a credible lineup and I would probably take Ben Simmons out of it to make it even more credible Dinwiddie Royce O'Neal DFS Dorian Finney-Smith KD and Claxton that you still have shooting, you have ball handling, you have the scoring from KD, you have everything you could want in that lineup. And that is a, everyone's 6'5 and above, net switch on defense already. Kyrie has always been the weak link on defense. If I'm going to give him credit, he had, he's tried somewhat hard, but he's still... He, he does his thing. He's got a unique thing of high risk... Um somewhat he's reward. Still <laughs> like, 6'1 and weighs no, 180. No, he's 6'3. He's 6'3, Kyrie. On paper. Okay. On, on paper. But yeah, I take Dude, your point. In, in general, player. he's a uh, unreliable defender. We'll call, we'll call it that. No, he was a completely picked on defender. Okay. Completely picked on. And and that when you do a switching defense, you find the weakest link. And Kyrie was always the weakest link in any matchup, for the most part, for the Nets. And now, with the switching defense, the Nets actually have something. So uh, I'm not tricking myself into thinking that they are better. I do think there are positives that come out of the, with this lineup change that you know with Kyrie there were some negatives obviously yeah. there's there's a massive gap um between the two how do you how do you feel i mean like I mean, are you are you like have you already like moved it into your mind that Kyrie wasn't going to be here you know i move on fast from things um i the only thing that's that feels like unfinished business for me obviously is the Kevin Durant situation i would love it to hear a little bit from his camp about what he's thinking how he's feeling um maybe that's not something I want actually, because I'm a little bit worried about what he might say. Um, but it feels like there's still this lingering unfinished business of okay, so what happens with how how good of friends are they really? Um, and if this is just you know um, a failed experiment with with Kevin Durant as well, that'll be really a difficult portion of this as well. So like, it still doesn't it kind of still feel like there's this whole other part of the the story that needs to develop. I mean, let alone the fact that uh, Woj, and I don't know where this was. I saw a comment on this, that he was on TV saying that the nets aren't done uh, with this trade deadline. And that, you know, there's still, there's still things to be done to make them competitive today. And I think that that maybe is a, just if I can play tinfoil, um, hat wearing that, like that's maybe the kind of where the conversation is with Kevin Durant right now. He's like, okay, you know, but I still want to play for a championship this year. What can you do for me? What can you do for it? So what can you do for me lately? Kind of business, Mike. It, so we have some new information from Chris Haynes, nothing to do with Kevin Durant. He says the Lakers uh, proposal was, did include the team's two first round picks, 2027, 2029. And we assume Russell Westbrook. He says the Phoenix Suns offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and unspecified picks. Now, 
if you're Sean Marks, you get the offer. So unspecified picks. I'm going to guess that if they're saying unspecified, it means not first round picks. You know, I'm just, it's just like a weird way of like, you don't know what picks you knew that the Lakers offered two first round picks. And we know that the Mavericks offered their unprotected 2029. Okay. So then what did the Suns offer? Would you rather have Chris Paul and Jay Crowder or Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie? Here's what I'll say. Dorian Finney Smith is a way better player than Jay Crowder. Way better. Yeah. Okay, we haven't seen Jay Crowder play basketball in a while. It's then it comes down to okay, Chris Paul versus Spencer Dinwiddie. And we both kind of agree that Chris Paul was like very interesting, just from the sense of of you know, you put him next to KD as they're like a recharged, you know, last dance final run in Chris Paul mm-hmm. to get this done. Obviously, he's highly respected. You know, there's everything that Chris Paul is, you know, he used to be elite and very recently brought a team to the NBA Finals, where Spencer Dinwiddie, who we love, you know, friend of the show, huge, Bri, huge. Um, isn't Chris Paul. Does that recast your thinking of Sean Marks at all? Um, or do you think it's, what is it, six and a half, you know, six whatever, <laughs> half dozen in the other way? Yeah, six and a half dozen. Um, I, I don't think it's six and a half a dozen, and I don't think that because um, – I think the Chris Paul contract, I don't know how many more years is on it. Um, I I do I like... I can tell you, it it had one more year yeah. after this year. Then it was a non-guaranteed final year after that. Okay. So technically, it would only be option? one more year. It's, from what I could tell on who on Spotrack, yeah. um, it's just non-guaranteed. That would, that would have... The contract would have to be picked up by June 28th. You know, going into like the right before free agency. Yeah, I don't. I think it, that indicates to me that it was a, um, a team option. Yeah, I like the like the, these kind of contracts, especially the the Dorian Finney Smith contract. Very nice to have that thirteen million sweet mm-hmm. spot. There's not a lot of them out there. There's not that uh, upper middle class kind of in in the NBA as much. It's a little bit haves and haves nots. Um, so I like that that makes us a little bit more flexible uh, trade-wise and just kind of mixing and matching parts. When you get that Chris Paul trade, you're, you're locked in on that identity for at least a short while. Uh, and especially if it doesn't go well or whatever, you know, he's, he is old. Um, I think he's 36 now. Um, you're taking a flyer, pretty expensive one, and you're banking on that that history of him being a leader and all that stuff. And I think it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm like poo-pooing it because it is close. But I like that flexibility. I think this strategy, is it, it makes sense to me. And even though I said remove the picks, again, from the Chris Haynes tweet where he's not fully saying what the unspecified picks are, I'm guessing the Suns did not put in first-round picks, or even if they could. I don't know what their first-round pick situation is. And the 2029 Mavs pick is a very interesting thing, and we'll talk about this later in the show. The, the Woj has reported this. The Nets aren't done. The Nets are so deep, and they have so many pieces that they should trade right now. That it's oh, and Shams just treated out his like big insider story, which I will dig through as we're talking. Okay. But they're they are so deep that they have to make another trade. They have to make another trade one to convince you know Kevin Durant that this is the team to be at, and for you know let's let's make it very happy. And of course they want to win a championship, and they just have like a ton of dudes. They they have way too many. If you look at the roster, they're adding a wing to a roster that already had. Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, Yuta Watanabe, you know, TJ Warren is going to be back soon. Does Cam Thomas deserve more time after scoring 44 points? I know he's on a wing, but 
it's a decent game. Let's do this quick break. Coming back, we're going to talk more about this deal. And I'm going to talk just quickly about who Spencer Dinwiddie is right now, who Doran Finney-Smith is, and then I have some, some home run trades that we got to talk about. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back, Brian. Mm -hmm. Just real quick. I mean, we've been talking about Dinwiddie abstractly. You were talking about him personally. Let's talk about him statistically. Okay. Uh, he's averaging 18 points per game this year, shooting 40% from three, shooting more three-pointers per game than he's ever has, six per game on 40.5%, okay, a very solid percentage. He's shooting 50% on twos, which is about as high as he's done since like the, the his heyday in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, he is formed very nicely into the secondary guard, Next to Luca, he is. But if you had to rank him as uh, a point guard in the NBA in terms of best point guards in the NBA, he's somewhere more towards like the lower end of the middle of the pack. If that makes sense, right? Like I think there would 16th. be teams that we'll call it sixteenth. You yeah. put him right there. You got <laughs> yeah. your you update your rankings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he he is uh, surely a, a very good player. He is not. Kyrie Irving. Who's Dorian Finney-Smith? Dorian Finney-Smith is a 6'7", 220 wing. I like it. You keep who, saying that 220. You're astounded. Yeah, you're a big heft guy. Um, he has never been a scorer in his career. He's averaging nine points per game. He shoots 30. He's averaging a 36% three-point shooter over his career. He's been fairly consistent. He takes about five of them a game. He's always kind of within that range. Uh, he's an okay free throw shooter, not a creator, but he is a wing defender. And they, he's been a piece that this team has needed for a long time. Those two guys are very good. I think adding them to the mix, the Nets have to make another move. Do you believe mm. the Nets have to make another move? To make KD happy, if that's our, or, or to compete for a championship, which I think is the same thing. I think it's both. Yeah. I, I think they're both, you know, I do think it's, it's a similar inclusive. thing. Inclusive. For sure, for sure. Give me some trade ideas. I know who you have in mind, but I don't want to give it away. I don't think you do. Oh. Did you look at my list? <laughs> no, I didn't. I know Joe Harris is on your list. You son of a gun. I know he's on there. Okay. Just say it. So so one thing I will say, Doreen Finney-Smith, not a great shooter. Okay shooter, not a great shooter. Nuno Nick Claxton, a horrible shooter, but great around the rim. This only increases my urgency to get rid of Ben Simmons. This oh. only increases the need to get rid of Ben Simmons. And, and you know, there's a rumor out there the Nets had been talking to the Raptors as well, not about Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. it seems, and, and not about Kyrie Irving. So is that Joe Harris? Is that Ben Simmons? 
I still think there are a handful of teams in the NBA who would be interested in getting their hands on Simmons, particularly teams like Toronto, the Jazz, the Pacers, these teams that are like too good to really tank, mm-hmm. but also are not going to win a championship this year. And are they interested in like kind of grabbing him? The Spurs are another team who, who is tanking, but could maybe use him. Um, I am desperate for this team to make another deal. Mm-hmm. They need to. They have too many good players. And if, and you know, I'm about to praise Sean Marks, right? I think he did a pretty incredible job in a quick circumstance to handle a completely unrealistic person uh, in Kyrie Irving. Here's what Sham Sharania says The Nets now have three first rounders to use via trade, as well as several players who could garner interest across the league. Rival executives expect Brooklyn to canvas the market for deals to surround Durant with more talent. There are a couple of names that immediately come to mind. John Collins, Zach Levine. I think if Zach Levine's available, why is DeMar DeRozan not available? Yeah. Because to me, the deal that I would really... like, People are like, Zach Levine needs to come to the Nets. He would, of course, he would slot in nicely next to Dinwiddie. You get a ton of scoring, you get a ton of shooting, a ton of shot creation, all the stuff. He is horrible on defense. Mm-hmm. And everything I like about this... And so I'm not saying DeRozan's great. I would rather have DeMar DeRozan yeah, whatever the construction of the deal is, it would be Ben Simmons for DeRozan, and then there would be other things around it. Yeah. I I love the idea of, I mean, if there's anyone in the league who is, not that DeRozan is Kyrie, but if they operate similar and it's just being like a nuclear bomb of offense, mm. an individual ISO unstoppable threat, clutch scorer, I like DeRozan next to, to Dinwiddie, get Ben Simmons off this team. Like we we have to fully get away from these people that are unreliable on the team. Mm. We have to eat, pray, love our our way through the NBA. Brian, Did you ever watch Eat, Pray, Love? The <laughs> I, movie? I don't. No, I haven't. With Julia Roberts, I, I know what the uh, poster looks like for sure. I've There's seen, also yeah. this movie with Reese Weatherspoon where she uh, goes hiking. I forget what that's called. Uh oh, the one about the book. Um, yeah, what was Cheryl. That the walk or something. Oh, God, this is somebody's going to be screaming into the phone right now. I don't know if many people are going to be screaming about this movie where she goes hiking. Do you think people it's are based on the book? Um, wild, wild, wild. Laura Dern is in it to it as well. Another, another goddess. Um, um, so we're going to do that. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. I've been thinking about this too, which is like Kevin Durant. I'm trying to put his, like what he values in in getting a player back, because like Ben Simmons used to be a star player and and is really not anymore. But he's a name, right? It's like a it's a name that that NBA people are super familiar with. Like some of the like if we were to, to like is Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie for uh like um, for Kyrie and Ben Simmons is that going to make on paper does does that pass the sniff test from from Kevin Durant or you know any of those types of like Zach Levine sort of like you know great good players really good players but do they have that that same kind of like you know because he's going to be nostalgic in his own right for a certain kind of caliber of player Mike and I'm worried that it doesn't that even if you bring these guys back it's not going to pass the sniff test I mean it it, it certainly um, Chris Paul is the nostalgia play. Right, exactly. And, and and here's an interesting element. Shams is chop full of information Okay, right now. I'm just going to kind of read through it, and we'll just kind of react in real time. Great. Um, in the days after Irving and the Nets reached impasse the contract dispute, the Lakers requested and received permission from Brooklyn to speak to Kyrie's agent, according to league sources. 
The Lakers vice president of basketball operations, Rob Plank, was given the okay to talk to Irving's agent, his stepmom. However, his stepmom did not hear from any member of the Lakers front office. What does that uh, mean? The Lakers were informed that they did not have a suitable deal that Russell Westbrook was not exactly Wait, what? what the what? Wait, say, say that sentence again. What, what, they didn't what? actually talk to the Lakers. Is that what what came from? No, them? that yeah. that Kyrie's stepmom did not talk to the Lakers. No one from the Lakers actually reached out to his stepmother. Oh, interesting. Meaning, meaning that like they were not even going to engage in talking about a contract contract <laughs> offer. The whole reason wow. why you would talk to the agent is to to sure. figure out a contract offer. Um, and the Nets basically immediately told the Lakers that Russell Westbrook would would just not do it. Uh, to, to go in on the Phoenix Suns, it seems like the Suns offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So I have to amend what I said about Chris Haynes. But Shams reports it's believed that three first-round picks from the Suns would have clinched the deal. But the Suns never added those picks and failed to make it a better offer and beginning to lose interest in the trade for Irving as time went on. The Suns did themselves. Mm-hmm. And then the Mavericks jumped in and they went crazy. And, you know, they threw whatever they threw at the Nets, which wasn't that crazy, but ultimately that's what happened. Yeah. Um, God, if the Nets could have gotten three first round picks, that Chris been. Paul and Jay Crowder, um, I would have been celebrating in the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so, again, I, I am happy. I am happy that. Um, this saga is over. I mean, I, just to get it back on basketball, not to make it personal, not to make it like, you know, a guy who tweeted out an anti-Semitic film, um, promoted it and didn't seem to care that he did and didn't apologize for a while. You know, I'm not going to make it personal about that. What I will say is that part of winning a championship in basketball is ultimately a level of consistency. Kyrie had that consistency when he was in Cleveland. Like before Kyrie left Cleveland, the only thing you could really say about him was that he didn't like the earth being round. It seemed like <laughs> and he got hurt sometimes, you know, like he, he considered he didn't like that part of it. He, yeah, he just didn't, he yeah. just didn't really could conceptually figure it out ever since he got, as he got older, he got weirder and less reliable. Yeah, I think that's a fair, not personal thing to say. I mean, not. I mean, flat Earth is pretty weird, man. You got to be pretty weird to be. I mean, I don't have any. Yeah, do you we, have anyone in your life that doesn't believe in the spirit? <laughs> don't you? Don't you think we should have like that? Really should have, that really should have tipped us off as opposed to being just like a silly thing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like a real like. Hey, got to watch out for this guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think his name is Alex Kirshner. He's a reporter. Used to do a lot of college football reporting. He tweeted out that like. What a great idea. Said Kyrie to where JFK got assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> Not like there's any conspiracy theories about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, you know, and so I don't think that this team, I mean, particularly with Kevin Durant every year, either being injured or getting injured, that Kyrie was just a bad, a bad element on this team, as electric as he is. And for Mavericks fans, what they're thinking about, and Nets fans, we all can, we know what this conversation is. They're all imagining, oh, my God, we're about to have the best offense in NBA history. We are going to have Luka Doncic, who is better than maybe James Harden ever was. And we're going to have Kyrie Irving, who, when he plays, is just like nuclear. Again, the term I'll use. And 
what it will be is like, yeah, when they play together, there'll be some games when they score 150 points and it looks absolutely startling and amazing. And how's anyone going to stop them? And then there's going to be a game where Kyrie's not playing because, I mean, ultimately, if he's unhappy with his contract and he's not getting one right now from Dallas, does that, like, why is that good? Like, how is that going to solve any issue? I mean, I'll even point to, I mean, again, just last year's playoff sweep. You know, we had, it was one good game of Kyrie, three stinkers, played right there alongside big minutes next to Kevin Durant in the heart of his prime, the very deepest part of his prime. And, um, and we got, we got swept off the floor. So like, anyways, I, I just think that we can keep going back to that as a data point of like, yeah, I know it was a wacky season and it wasn't wacky for no, re- no good reason. Um, but like Ky- Kyrie Irving is, it's, it's such a, uh, it's such an interesting kind of player. And I think like in the annals of, of NBA history, he he will be like the sort of most kind of compelling, like every team that he goes to. And I, and I imagine that there's going to be more teams that, that, that want to try out the experiment um, there. It's hard. It's interesting because it's so hard to put your finger on why it doesn't work. There's just something it should work. He is. We've done this before, this exercise of just looking at his, like, you know, field goal numbers by efficiency. They're spectacular. Everything that he does on the court looks amazing. And it just never seems to, I mean, but for the fact that he won a championship, yes, you know, all credit where it's due. Um, but in, in recent history, there's just something that isn't quite fitting right. And even more add, like adding to the, uh, to that, the fuel to that fire is like all the players around him will talk nothing but like not say kind things about him nonstop. There's no like animosity on an individual level for anybody. And it's sort of how you feel as like a fan. It's like, what? It's, it's very gaslighting. It's, you never like, it's, it's. I feel you, you go crazy thinking like, why isn't this working better? Like we should be winning championships and we're just not. Um, it's, it's cause we, we hold on to the high moments more than we do. The fact that like he misses wh- whether he's suspended for an anti-Semitic video, whether he can't play basketball because he does not get vaccinated. Like we still hold on to the first game we saw him play against the Minnesota Timberwolves when in 2019, when he was incredible and we're like, that is that, that imprints in our brain more than a tweet where we see that he's suspended. Yeah. Right. And we're always sort of waiting for Kyrie to be consistent. And he never was like the, the we've had enough time. It is now 2023 and we've, the Nets first got him in 2019. There has simply been enough time for us to get the full Kyrie experience. And every fan base now feels this way. The Cavs feel this. Cavs fans felt this after he left. The Celtics fans certainly felt it after he left. The Celtics fans, I mean, I will, you know, of course, we are a Nets podcast. When when the Nets got Kyrie, we had to do our duty. We had to go to those front lines and make fun of the Celtics and say, we got your guy for nothing. We didn't have to do anything to get him, and we got him. And they were all saying to us, just wait. Just wait till you hear about all the stuff that it's going to swirl around this guy. He's so completely unreliable. And we're like, we don't care. We got Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> and slowly and surely, like the the virus in Last of Us, it's not a virus. It's a, it's a fungi. It's a fungi. You know who's a fungi? You. You're a fungi. <laughs> you get it? It's a joke. It's like a <laughs> science <it>. joke. <laughs> you know, flat earth. Huh? Oh, got him. Anyways. Nice. Um, and it's sl- actually that was a very quick fungus, right? Because very quickly, are you watching Last of Us yet? I, I have. I've, I've watched watched the episodes. I've enjoyed it. So very quickly from that flour mill in Jakarta, yeah, right in the pancake, Indonesia, mix. it goes right to the rest of the world. How fast right? is is it getting into pancake mix? How many pancakes are people eating? 
Yeah, I know, that's what I was thinking. It's like, are people eating like shitloads of pancakes in their life? You gotta watch out for that. Out of a box, that's gotta be pancakes, cereal, a lot of flour. I mean, there's a lot of flour out there, and I guess a lot of it comes from Indonesia, <laughs> from Jakarta. Is that where it comes from? I, I thought a lot of it comes from here in America. Like, do you know that flour in? You know, I was watching a. Uh, there's that show on Netflix about the best chefs in the world. Um, God, I forget what it's called. One, they have a series chef's about table. Is it? Chef's table. They have chef's tables pizza about pizza. Yeah, and a lot of the grain. Arizona. Yeah. Arizona, and it gets sent over to Italy, and they mill it in Italy, and then it gets sent back to us, and we want Italian grain. It's really made here in America, so maybe they should have had the fungi start here, right here in the U.S. of A. Ipso facto, the Nets. Do you, you know, know? But I wanted to tack on that part of my twenty-three yeah. and me. Fifteen percent Italian, Mike. Fifteen percent, nothing to sneeze at. From Apulia, and then that's eighty percent Neanderthal. <laughs> just, just Italian. Was it? In the air. You were you no, really eighty uh, percent. Of the people that have Neanderthal genes, I was in the 80th percentile. Oh, I thought yeah. you said, I thought because I thought you were 80% Neanderthal. No, that would be like, dangerous. <laughs> I was a little worried about yeah. you. I was like, how much? And I can't tie my shoes, so I don't know. You know, whatever. <laughs> Did the Egans live in a cave for thousands of years <laughs> yeah. until like yeah. just your dad's generation? Um, I, it, we, I am happy to be off whatever nightmare scenario we've been on. And it still sucks that we don't know what Kevin Durant feels. It sucks that we don't know if he wants to be on this team and if he's going to be mad, if he's going to get maybe, you know, my best guess is like he'll be okay for the rest of this season, but he may push to get traded this offseason. And when this team has to trade Kevin Durant, you know, the party's over where this team is not going to be good. It's not going to contend for championships, at least that next year or the year after. Like they're going to be one of those teams who has a bunch of draft picks and some interesting young players, but it's not going to be a championship team. And we hoped with Kyrie Irving that this team and Kevin Durant would, would be championship contenders. And the best that they've been is like Kevin Durant's toe stepped on the line, you know, and is this the obituary for the clean sweep era or is this a, a new chapter? Mike, um, you, you better keep your bat tell. phone handy because I, I think we're not done this, uh, this trade season. I, I, I think that there's gotta be more. What do you want? To, not even specific players. You can tell me specific players, but is there a type of guy now looking at the roster, right? So they have Dinwiddie in replace of Kyrie Irving in a way. Uh, they have more wing defenders than they even know what to do with, frankly, or just wings like shooters and defenders and guys who both can shoot and defend. They have clacks and they still don't have a backup center. Yeah. You know, we're waiting to see what that happens. What what would you like? Are you I forget? Are you on the Ben Simmons? Like, let's trade this. Guy. I'm still let's trade you know, this guy. And I hate this. I might be like the last guy on this on this uh, train, but um, I like the version of this team where Ben Simmons is actually like back to where he was and really good. I know that that's that's perpetually going to be what what you know what people say about him. That that'll follow him around forever. And maybe I'll and maybe maybe I should just give up on that. I'm increasingly thinking I should just because like now it's just like everywhere. All, all the people in my life just text me all the time, being like, "When are we going to trade Ben Simmons?" Um, <laughs> so so I might be alone in that. But um, in terms of replacements, see, I I do kind of think that like you know I love Spencer. I don't think he's like exactly the primary playmaker. We've always been and, and Kyrie's not this way either. Yes, but I that agree. primary playmaker, kind of of the Chris Paul ilk, to be honest with you. Um, 
would be Can we get Chris Paul now. <laughs> I kind of like a like is that, I don't know is Fred Van Vliet around. I mean, uh, there's been a reason. Yes. To, yeah, yeah. Like if we can get a little Ben Simmons for for Van Vliet, I mean, count me in. I, I don't think it keeps Durant around, but uh, you know, I think it looks good on paper. Yeah, like on so that's my thing is that like I like Dinwiddie. I really like him as just the second guard. Like I like him as the guy who can take pressure off a primary ball handler, uh, who can be a spot up shooter at times, can attack the basket, but. I would still rather have sort of more of a real point guard, like a, not that he's not a real point guard, but like another force out there in the backcourt. I mean, I, that's why I'm interested about this idea that the Nets were talking to the Raptors today about something. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was Kyrie Irving, though, like to send Kyrie to the country that cares most about vaccinations. Maybe not the best idea yeah. in the world. I don't know Mark Cuban cares, cares about a lot about vaccinations, too. I don't know if you know. It seems like a lot of these guys who own teams, they act like they have morals. And then uh, when it comes to winning basketball games, it maybe doesn't. Hey, by the way, congrats, Josiah. Um, The Nets via this trade have shaved $20 million off their payroll, meaning you're going to save a whole bunch of money. I know all Nets fans are very happy. Look at you boot looking again. Like, (laughs) boot looking. Um, Yeah, I think if the Nets, like, okay, would you you trade Ben Simmons for Fred Van Vliet? Yeah, I would. I think I would. Okay. Yeah. Pretty quickly. I think Van Vliet can be a free agent. So you have to be prepared that we're going to pay Fred Van Vliet $30 million a year. Mm, That does change things. Because if you trade for him, you have to be like, okay. They put a lot of miles on him too. Poor guy. Um, He's got a bunch of like hip stuff, isn't he? He's got like old man injuries. He's a tiny guy. Yeah. He's a tiny dude. But he hits like my memory of Fred Van Vliet is always him hitting like dagger threes and just like right at the end of games and making life hard. And I like that. I've always wanted players like that. And being a very tough defender, even though he's tiny, yeah, you know he's not he's not a large man. Um, I mean, <laughs> I like really the calling idea. him small. How's tall, how small is Fred Van Vliet? Is he really that small? How tall is he? I think so. I think he's a tiny guy. He is six one. Wow. And if they're saying he's six one, then he's probably like five foot. I say I'm six one, and I'm five eleven, baby. <laughs> This year, he's averaging 20 points. I mean, he's basically Spencer Dinwiddie number. He's averaging 20 points, four and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, 40% from the field, 35% from three. Mm. Um, so those are those are kind of clunky. Yeah. It, it reframes the 20 points per game because that's like an inefficient 20 points per game. Oh, before we also, because I can tell we're winding down a little bit. Before we go, I want everyone to disavow Kyrie Irving, all right, in the same way that I had to disavow <laughs> James Harden. All of you, I mean, I know the Discord, I've already made my rounds and made people disavow. This goes out to the Twitter. Anyone else who's, if you want to send us an email saying you disavow, I'll take it in any kind of written, you know, if you want to type it out on a on a typewriter. Um, but people were super aggressive towards me about disavowing James Harden, which I did, which I did, and I was happy to, happy to, more than happy to, but now I need it for, for Kyrie Irving, because, I mean, the pattern is exa- exactly the same. How about a 40-point blowout to the Boston Celtics right before he asked for a trade request and gets, I mean, hints, not shades, a complete solar eclipse of what happened with Harden in, in Sacramento, I think? I mean, come on, it's a direct parallel. Disavowals, direct parallel. disavowals are required. I'm going to be expecting them. I mean, this is... <laughs> There, there's something going on around it, it's the seasonal defective disorder. We've talked about this before, right? There's something that happens to guards in Brooklyn that when it gets cold, I did it is colder gets chilly. There was an Arctic blast this weekend. And remember, Harden did not like the winter in, in New York, so he went to Philly. That was part of the you remember that talking point, yeah, 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 yeah. because it, it's way southern, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a much, much better, more southern. Much better. Um, let me just say this the, the Shams also reported that the Nets 
asked for Austin Reeves from the Lakers. Austin Reeves, Max Christie, pick swaps, in addition to Westbrook and two first-round picks. So pick swaps would probably be placed in between the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks. That when you make if you if the Nets had gone with that trade, then their next then they would have had done a bunch of moves because then they would have used all of those picks and deals. I mean, I said it before, the Nets have three first round picks to trade, plus they have some guys that other teams may want. So it's not out of the question to be like, I think Joe Harris is a positive for some teams. I think Seth Curry is a slight positive, like uh, is a positive for some teams, even though he's on an expiring deal. So they if they make another trade. They have the ability to actually trade guys that other teams want, as opposed to just like the Gerald Wallace types. Mm. If you remember how Gerald, Gerald Wallace is the reason why the Gardet Pierce trade ended up so badly, because the Nets had to attach more first round picks to get rid of Gerald Wallace. Um, before we go, Brian, yeah, I just had to fire off some some shots about Kyrie. Okay, real quick. Uh, do you think that the money that Kyrie had to donate to Jewish causes, uh, does he still have to do that, or does that not is that not part of the truth? Because um, there are Jews in Dallas. I my my brother in law is from Dallas, and he's Orthodox Jew. Did you know that? Wow, in Dallas, huh? In Dallas, um, do do the people who carry water for Kyrie do they move to Dallas or do they just work remotely? I have so many questions about how. Well, first of all, my big question is how did I not know you had an Orthodox Jewish brother in law for ten years? You've been hiding this from me. What's going on? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Got it. Fair. Say no more. Because we only record on Friday nights or Saturday mornings, and he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, incognito. Fair enough. Um, um, yeah, I don't know what the policy is there. I don't know. I don't know if he fell uh, followed through with that all the way. Do Do you think? Um, I can't believe the the Mavericks made this deal. Kyrie had that hurt calf. You know, he couldn't play in the last game against the Wizards because his calf was sore. Oh come on! I mean, come on! Everyone does that. No. <laughs> no, it said it on the report. It must. I just. I hope he has a. I pray for him to have a quick, a quick uh, recovery. recovery. Yeah. Um, I I did a tribute sound clip for Kyrie. Let me um let me pull that up for you. This is just for this is Kyrie talking to okay. Nets fans. I guess just read that God's going to destroy the earth next time by fire. Oh no, that's <laughs> Alex Jones, one of the people that he promoted on Instagram. Sorry, one sec. Yeah, well, I think the idea of white privilege is absolutely reprehensible. The idea that you can target an ethnic group with a collective crime, regardless of the specific innocence or guilt of the constituent elements of that group, there is absolutely nothing that's more racist than that. Oh, that's Jordan Peterson, another guy that uh, Kyrie boosted on his social media. Sorry, um, let me let me get to Kyrie's quote. Everybody involved in this on the street level was either 24 to 32 years old. Everybody. It was a group of young black men, five on one. Looked like gang violence to me. It, it looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman. Oh, no, sorry. That's Jason Whitlock talking on Fox <laughs> News about what happened in Memphis with the Memphis police mm. and the man who was completely unnecessary, just, just beat up by Memphis police officers. Another guy who Kyrie boost, boosted on his Instagram. I apologize. Mm. You know, my, my wires must have gotten yeah, yeah. crossed, Brian, because I was I guess I was researching Kyrie Irving right. and those are the names that came up. Alex Jones, Jordan Peterson, and Jason Whitlock. I apologize that that got on our airwaves because, you know, I wouldn't boost them like Kyrie Irving did. Yeah. Good bit. You know, the guy the guy who claims <laughs> the guy who claimed, you yeah. know, he's just here to make, you know, a positive impact in the world, which he's done a lot of. He's donated a lot of money to a lot of people. He's helped a lot of people. But he's also um, 
boosted. <laughs> you know, those people. And I didn't even pull anything from the documentary because... That's a spicy meatball. Uh, even yeah. I have a barrier. Yeah, that's a spicy like, meatball. Even I have yeah. a place I wouldn't go to. So uh, The Whitlock to Fox News uh, pivot was an interesting one. That's a di- that's a that's an interesting Dude. career path. Jason Whitlock was the guy that Tony Kornheiser wanted to yeah. have. <laughs> like once Michael Wilbon and, and Tony retired, yeah. the idea was Jason Whitlock would get that job. Do you know how good of a job PTI is? You work like you're on air for 30 minutes, but it's one of the most watched shows on ESPN. That's not a sporting event. You paid. I don't know, man. You see, what those Tucker, you see what Tucker Carlson makes and Sean Hannity. Those guys get, they make insane money. You're right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Whitlock made, made the right choice. I think he made a business decision as they say. Final thoughts, Brian. Just, uh, are you happy? Yeah, you I'm happy. happy. I'm happy. I'm ultimately happy. Again, I still think that there's um, another part to this story with the Kevin Durant situation, which, you know, I'm praying for the best, but um, there was too much riffraff over the years that we couldn't mend the bridge. Something had to change. Um, I'm glad that it happened in the way that it did, where there was no, you know, um, like, oh, no, we're going to try to make it work with Kyrie. This is like posturing on either side. It just happened. It's done. Clean. Break. Do it. Do the thing. Set us off into this next chapter. It feels like we're we're turning the page halfway into the next chapter here. Yeah. Um. By the way, Kyrie gets a trade bonus because of it. I mean, I I really I feel for the Mavericks fans. The, you know they they had they believe that Mark Cuban's a good owner. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they did at one point, and I cannot believe that I, I should have said this more at the top. I can't believe the Nets actually got like a decent package for Kyrie because yeah. I don't know how many teams really want to give him the contract. The Nets get out of having to give him a contract. And they do have they have moves to make. And we're going to be potting very soon. And I will say this to those Mavs fans. Like, truly enjoy the first part of it. Right? Enjoy the next few months. Because <laughs> it's like, like the, the, um, the intervals of him, like, being engaged on court, they... It started pretty. It started okay, and then the intervals they just kept ramping up until it was this crescendo at the end um, of just like now it's like every three weeks. Like if he does three weeks of just showing up and playing basketball, it was like oh he's back, things are good, and that was like that <laughs> was a marathon uh, for him. Um, so, anyways, enjoy the beginning. That's what I'll say because it is fantastic. It's super fun to watch. He is a phenom. It's it's amazing. Um, so so put so stack that enjoyment right up at the front. Yeah. He's like a very spicy burrito. God, it tastes so good. It's, but when it comes out of your Mike, asshole, Mike. it fucking burns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right, Mike. That's right. Watch um, out for that Diablo sauce at Taco Bell. <laughs> um, yeah, what By the way, Diablo sauce is what Kyrie calls the vaccine. Got him. Got him. There it is. Um, check us out on Twitter, BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself on the payroll at TheAthletic.com. I think the Nets will make another trade. Yeah. Another very big trade, maybe a couple of them. Keep, so, keep that microphone close, Michael. We'll be back. Hold here. on to your butts. We're going to be back here. All right. Bye, everybody.